As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and it's roster prediction time. We've got a U.S. men's national team roster release happening sometime in the near future, ahead of this summer's friendlies and Nations League games. We aren't expecting it to be fully experimental, but there should be some new or new-ish faces on that list. But why wait for that official roster when we can take 45 minutes or so and speculate wildly? I say 45 minutes, it could be an hour and a half. You never know how angry Joe and Graham are going to be. I've mentioned them already. Let's get into that roster predicting by mentioning the two gentlemen that will be with me today. Up first, he's a young and up and comer who's got a lot of minutes this season, provides a high level of tactical awareness to every match. It's Joe Lowry. Hi, Joe Lowry. Hi, Taylor Rockwell. It's honestly a miracle I've made it this far into the season without like both of my hamstrings and whatever other (laughs) body parts I've given away. I'm pretty proud of myself for hanging in there. I think you should be. Yeah, I mean, the zero hamstring but lasting a full season is... Is, I guess, a thing some people try to do, but they don't end up pulling it off. So credit to you, Joe. Credit to you. <laughs> I'm really doing my best out here, Taylor. I'm, I'm like limping along. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I think I'm playing sweeper at this point because that's the area where maybe I'll have enough time to get there if I start back far enough in the back line. Um, it's, it's not been pretty, yeah. but we're, we're still chugging along. I feel like you're laying the groundwork for Tim Ream to be in your roster. With <laughs> us as well is a crafty veteran who has seen it all and brings experience and guile to any squad. It's Graham Ruffin. Hi, Graham. Hi, Taylor. I mean, I am only 30, but I guess in football terms, that means my transfer value has just plummeted in the last 12 months. <laughs> right. As soon as you reach that 3-0, it, the only way is down from that point. So uh, I guess that works. Yeah, it's really fun how the the like prime age has suddenly shrunk to like twenty five, so that a thirty yeah. year old is now ancient and on their way out. It's like, no, nah, like they you can still run and stuff. I think they're high level athletes; they should be fine. So I'd assume, Graham, that you are you are physically fit and ready to go for this one. As fit as uh, I can be, as fit as you can be after two years of a pandemic where you have barely left your house and certainly not left your own country in the last uh, yeah we while. Oh. 
Yeah, and and we are. Uh, we should mention that, uh, Graham. We're not going to hear from you for a bit. I have it on good authority. That's because you're heading to the U.S. Can you confirm that you're actually finally declaring for the United States and that you're reporting for camp rather than a magical Disney experience? This is how I'm going to announce it. I'm yeah. actually going to be in this roster. I'm going to be in <laughs> Let's the <go>. camp. <laughs> this is this is all an elaborate ploy by U.S. Soccer. I think we should we should really r- run with this idea and suddenly because Graham, Graham is going on vacation. We're not going to have him for the next few shows. So I like the idea of us just creating this idea that, that Graham is indeed embedded with the U.S. roster now. He's in there. He's making his claim for uh, Graham. What position would you target? Would you try to be number nine, given that that's the, the biggest question mark? Yeah, why not? Why not try and be the <laughs> superhero, the guy to solve all the problems? I can just envisage, envisage um, at this camp kind of walking into a Panera Bread outside the camp and John Brooks is sitting there with his binoculars yeah. <laughs> john what are you uh, doing here graham got in over me uh do that in a german <laughs> accent instead i don't i don't love that i've sort of like unintentionally led us to we're calling it an injury prone center back and an unproven uh number nine option that does feel sort of relevant for today's roster conversation <laughs> yeah. because we got some question marks around this team we're gonna go through position by position uh we're gonna go with an ex- slightly expanded roster i think we've agreed on around 26 players in total uh, and if there is disagreement we'll either fight to the death argue to the death or maybe have a vote to see who ends up making the squad with that in mind joe let's start with goalkeepers We've gone for three here. Who are your three goalkeepers you are putting in your roster? Okay, so the first two are boring in in Joe's roster. Matt Turner is the first name on my goalkeeper depth chart. Zach Steffen is in here as well. I I think there is a genuine argument to leave him off this list. I I really do. But I didn't want to spend my energy defending this pick. Instead, this is how weird the show is going to be. Instead, I decided to spend it on defending my third pick, which is Sean Johnson. And I don't know if either one of you guys are going to have Sean Johnson in your squads, it could be Ethan Horvath. It, it could have been before today, Gaga Sonina, but we've learned he accepted a call-up to the Polish national team for their Nations League games, which doesn't necessarily mean he'll be cap-tied. He'll only, only be cap-tied, I believe, if he plays in all four of those games for Poland in June. But either way, he's not in this U.S. roster. He's not eligible. So it could be Horvath. It could be Stefan Fry. Maybe. I know we talked about that last week. But John Johnson is playing, unlike Ethan Horvath, so I'm giving him a boost there. And statistically, in, in just watching games, Sean Johnson's been an excellent, uh, an excellent shot stopper this year. He's been better at keeping balls out of the back of the net than Stefan Fry over the last 365 days, according to FB Ref. I, I could be convinced for Horvath or for Fry, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But Sean Johnson's my guy here between some of those shot stopping numbers and with some of the things we can see him do with his feet. I think he fits that mold of, of sort of the ideal budget version of a modern goalkeeper. And Joe, I think maybe I should have done this in the intro, but I will I will mention it now to then ask you my follow up question. Normally, when we do our roster prediction show, we're sort of looking at it as a 70 percent. What do we think Burhalter will do trying to anticipate his most likely selections and then maybe 30 percent what we would like to see, which usually coincides in a lot of ways with what Burhalter wants. Uh, and so here, I think the idea was like, we can experiment. It could be like, who are the players that we personally want to be brought in? But at the same time, it's worth acknowledging that this is a a time where you could experiment, but you could also go for, we want to yeah. get a foundation in place. We want to get reps with that first team. So it seems like with your nominations of Turner, Stefan Johnson, you're going at least to start with a bit more proven experience. Let's get these names together. Let's make sure they're all going to fit in time for the World Cup. 
Yeah, that's my approach with with this position group and with most of my roster. There gotcha. are a couple players on here that I, I don't think Greg Berhalter will bring, and that kind of bumps me out. But we'll talk about that as we get in a little deeper into the episode. But generally speaking, in goal especially, there there aren't a lot of players that I'm just itching to see. Gagas Lanina is probably the one, but he's not playing all that well for the fire right now in the first place. And he's not even eligible to be picked by the U.S. because he's already going across to Europe. So... I didn't experiment too much here. We'll get more of that later on. But I do think, I'm guessing this goes for all three of us, that most of our squads will generally line up with what could be considered possible selections for Greg Barrow. Yeah. I, I have to say, I've played it pretty safe because I I am wary of too much experimentation at this point when you're five months out from a World Cup. And one of the things we can't really legislate for with our selections is the personal discussions that will take place between Berhalter and his players ahead of this camp. There will be players for whom... The time off after a really difficult season is maybe more valuable to them than meeting up with the squad. And maybe that's players who are pretty much certain of their place for the World Cup. You know, Berhalter maybe has seen enough from them and he says, right, well, you have some time off because I actually think that is more valuable for you. Pulisic, for example, might need that time off. He looked very tired in the FA Cup final. I think he's played 63 games this season or something around that number. Um, but as I say, we can't really legislate for that with our selections because Berhalter's the only one that can really make that decision and that will come from his discussion with those players. So, Graham, with that in mind, what have you gone for with your goalkeepers? So I've gone with Turner and Stefan. I, Joe, I completely agree with Stefan. I... The, at this point, the only reason I'm bringing him in is because I just don't want to disrupt the squad too much. Yeah. And as I say, the question of how much experimentation is too much experimentation. And going back to the personal relationship stuff, I think Berhalter has a, a personal yeah. relationship with Stefan. And while I think he is in poor form right now, there is still potential for him to be a good player for the USMNT in the future. And I don't think it's worth John Brooksing him at this moment in time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm still bringing him in with Turner um, I said last week that I am in favour of giving Turner a run of matches. I think that is probably the sensible thing to do because while I'm in favour of changing the number one at this point, it is a bit risky to bring in someone completely new. Having said that, all that about Turner, I'm now going to completely contradict myself by saying that Stephen Fry should be the third goalkeeper called into it. the camp and, and the roster. And I mean third goalkeeper. Even if Fry is just in the camp and in the squad, I think his experience could be pretty useful. This is a very young squad, as we've mentioned a number of times. If Fry, and again, this is one of those things that's maybe down to Berhalter, who knows those players and will know Fry better than we do. If he feels he's a good fit in terms of the chemistry, then I do think he'd be valuable to have around, both as a safety net and just in terms of just being a safe pair of hands. And if things are going terribly, do you remember the 2010 World Cup? England had where they ran through their first two goalkeepers that made mistakes in their first two games oh, one of yeah. them famously against the USA and they, they end up playing their third choice goalkeeper I think Joe Hart ends up playing games in that World Cup despite the fact he's the third choice goalkeeper you never know with a World Cup you could end up in a scenario like that and I just like the idea of having Stefan Fry as I say safe pair of, pair of hands experienced dressing room figure and I think if you're going to bring him in ahead of the World Cup you have to do it now you can't wait any longer so Rob Green is an American hero. We can all agree <laughs> on that one. Um, and a Scottish one. <laughs> and a Scottish one as well. Uh, and yeah, I have the exact same three goalkeepers as Graham, ah, Turner, Stefan, and Fry. Uh, Turner, I think we know why he'll be in there. Stefan, one thing I would like to see, I, I feel like though there's been much debate about who is the number one Turner or Stefan, 
my opinion is that it is Burhalter's opinion that Stefan is the number one. And he, I feel like when Stefan has been healthy, he has started. When Stefan has been there, he has started. And it might be interesting to have him in a camp and make it clear that it's uncertain at this point. We don't know who the number one is and see how he responds. Because my my kind of belief around John Brooks is that he was okay when he was the starter but as a backup maybe he was less inclined to sit on the bench maybe just a bit grumblier a bit less happy in camp and that might be why he's not there again that's complete speculation so having Stefan in there as not the guaranteed starter you see how he responds does he rise to the occasion does his confidence dip is he a negative locker room presence finding out some of those questions would be very useful I think going forward but I agree with Graham as well that Stefan Fry for what he's done with Seattle this season and in seasons past for the stability and calm that I, like maybe I just associate with him. Maybe there are those games where he has howlers and I just don't pay as much attention to those. I'm sure Seattle fans or more likely Portland fans would remember those. Uh, but I, I like the idea of bringing in another goalkeeper, a veteran goalkeeper to see how they fit in, to see how they blend and maybe even to give him a game or two and see what he does with that opportunity. Um, this could also be, I'm not going to change the rules like with the first position group, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we do see an expanded roster and it is four goalkeepers and maybe it's some combination or the combination of the four we've discussed, Turner, Stefan Johnson and Fry. Uh, but I'm assuming Graham is voting for Fry in this tiebreaker. So Joe, I think you might be outvoted on this one. Oh, it's fine. We'll come back stronger for the next, uh, for the next voting <laughs> session. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um, cool. You, you want to, you want a goalkeeper who's not as good and has also just won a trophy. I mean, Sean Johnson's won a trophy in the last year too. And and he's old, right? I mean, if, if that's the the argument for Fry, anyway, anyway, we can keep going. <laughs> um, what one other question? When we look at the position groups, uh, the four position groups, if you're ranking them from most confident to least confident, where would goalkeeper be in your confidence index, Joe? Confident in what way, Taylor? In terms of like if like if if I asked you. It, just with this roster, like which positions do you feel the most comfortable with? Where do you feel like we have the most depth or we have the most kind of known entities, known quantities, whatever it might be? And is there a scale here? Are we doing one to ten or something? No, it's yeah, basically like, just like if you're ranking four, them. Right? Yeah. 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 So it, goalkeepers, defenders, uh, midfielders, and forwards. Goalkeeper yeah. honestly might be last for me. Not because I don't think there are quality players in there, but because I have concerns about which of those players Brawlther is going to play. That's a really good answer because I assumed – like each position group has those big question marks that I kind of like attack. I, I focus so much on the number nine. I forget how much depth and strength there is out wide. So it is a stronger one. That's interesting. So, uh, but that, like, cause I wouldn't have had goalkeeper last, but now I'm seeing the logic there. Joe Graham, what, what, what about you? Yeah. Last for me as well. I'm more Oof. concerned about the goalkeepers Oof. now than I was a few months ago. Um, yeah. I am concerned by Stefan's form. I'm concerned by Turner going to Arsenal where he's maybe not going to get much game Same. time. And that, that pretty much leads me to why I'm looking to someone like Stefan Fry. I, I'm not, partic- I'm not especially saying that Fry is a better goalkeeper than Turner than, than Stefan, but he's, he's playing for, I know Settle have started MLS poorly, but they've won CCL. He's playing for a good team at a good level. And so that's why he's in that mix for me. If Turner was, if, even if Turner was staying with the Revs for the rest of the season, I would just say, let just stick with Turner and give him the, the games. If Stefan was going on loan, maybe that's the thing that changes it. Maybe Stefan goes on loan this summer, and by the time we get to the World Cup, he's playing well, first-team football at a good level. But right now, yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of questions about the goalkeepers in, in this roster. 
I do, like, on a personal level, maybe it's, like, the Daryl influence, maybe it's Ryan Bailey as well, but anybody who comes to the United States, Stefan Fry came for, I believe, college soccer, stays here, is obviously born in Switzerland, and seems like to he has embraced the idea of being an American, living in the United States, he gets his citizenship, and so I guess I, I sort of like that. I like those stories of a, of a person embracing the country and eventually getting to represent them. So we'll see what happens with Stefan Fry, we'll see what happens with the... Apparently tenuous goalkeeper position, slightly nervous now. Let's take one break and then let's get back to talk about Defenders. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back. We have sort of settled the goalkeeper position. Joe has been voted down and uh, not allowed not allowed to vote during that one. Graham, uh, with that in mind, we're going to come back to you for defenders. Let's start with the center backs. Who are the okay. center backs that you have in your theoretical roster? So I have gone with four centre-backs, um, which is a, is a lower number than I would have liked. But I have to say, with all the injuries, obviously we know about Miles Robinson's injury. There is some doubt over uh, Chris Richards mm-hmm. at, the, at the moment. So I have actually left him off my roster. Maybe he's involved in the camp. Maybe that is how he gets back involved. But in terms of the roster, what if he's going to play games, I think there's some doubt over that. So my four, I've gone for uh, Walker Zimmerman. No surprises there. Cameron Carter-Vickers, CCV, Berhalter's already said he's going to get called up to this uh, to this roster, and I, I think that's completely deserved after the season he has had at, at, at Celtic. Um, I said last week that Richards would be the the first one to get a shot of earning that place alongside Zimmerman. Maybe with that injury, he that's not the case, and maybe CCV is is the one that gets that first opportunity. I have slight worries about him playing as a left-sided centre-back because he's played on the right side for Celtic, but the fundamentals of his good, his game are good. He's physically strong, aggressive. He's a lot better on the ball than he was 12 months ago, and I think an important thing at the moment is he's in he's in form. He's confident. He's been playing for a winning team all season, so he's going to come in there, and, and I think he's going to be able to, to make a mark. My other uh, centre-backs, third centre-back, Aaron Long, obviously another candidate to step into that centre-back position alongside Zimmerman. Berhalter's obviously a fan, given his role he played for the USMNT before his injury. He's obviously been involved with the squad the squad a number of times. I did read that he picked up a calf injury in the US Open Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems like maybe that's not so serious. So it feels yeah. like there's good reason to believe he'll be back by the end of the month. And then my fourth centre-back, and I have to say, by this point, I was struggling a little bit. So I've gone for Eric Palmer-Brown, yeah. um, who I, I think just because he's been he's been in the squad under Berhalter, he's played a lot of football for Trois in Ligue 1 in France this season. And once you get this far down the depth chart with this many injuries at this position, there, there aren't that many options. I guess you could go for Tim Ream, but 
I just went with, with EPB because I didn't want to upset things too much and I already have Stefan Fry in my roster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Graham, you've done a public service in pronouncing that team because I kind of forgot uh, about the Frenchness and I was really prepared for them to be <laughs> Troyes. So thank you for that. Trois, Trois. indeed, for EPB. So four center backs for Graham. Joe, have you gone for four or five? I went for five, but that only hinges on Chris Richards' availability. So Berhalter okay. said he, he might be involved. He might not. Of course, he hasn't been playing. Graham walked us through that just fine. So I have the same four, Zimmerman, CCV, Aaron Long, and Eric Palmer-Brown. I don't think Tim Ream or Mark McKenzie are, are really going to be involved for the, for, the, for the World Cup roster, and so I don't really see a reason to bring them in now. My only question is if Richards is involved or not. If he is, I, I hope he's able to go and get some minutes because I think he could be the guy to replace Miles Robinson in that lineup. If he's not, I would love to see some combination of those other three guys, and I think CCV would be the most interesting, certainly because we didn't see him in World Cup qualifying. Um, so I am already outvoted here, but I did have Tim Ream as my other uh, center back. I had Zimmerman, I had CCV, I had EPB uh, because he has been playing well in France. He's been getting those minutes. They stay up. He's been a regular starter for them, so it makes sense to reward him and see how much he's developed. But I had Tim Ream over Aaron Long, not for any particularly strong argument. I think just because Fulham promoted the way they were, Ream, I think starting every single game of the championship season means that though he is a veteran, slightly older, is able to deal with the rigors of the championship season, seems like he would be able to handle uh, playing a couple games in quick succession, and maybe this camp could give him the opportunity to prove that. Uh, but I think also there are the issues about speed, and if he still fits in with what Berhalter wants. He does give us, if they wanted to mess around with things a little bit. We could go back to that Tim Ream starting as a left back, but really being a left center back in a back three. So there is some versatility there, but it sounds like I will be outvoted in favor of Aaron Long. And anytime we get Hawkeye back into the team, I guess that's good. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't put Ream and oh, Zimmerman good. in the same squad because it might be like pushing two magnets together. Right? It just will not happen. Um, I, have, I think I'm a little bit warmer than Joe is on Tim Ream and if I hadn't gone for Fry as one of my and I do have another experienced head oh of veteran in my r roster I, I think maybe I'd be more open to Ream but I do think protecting the the youthfulness of this squad that Berhalter has built I, I do think that's quite important and maybe just bringing in Fry and Ream and my other veteran maybe just tips it over the edge slightly it might be one veteran too many for me that's yeah, fine. I won't. I'm, I'm I won't. Okay. I won't burn the house down if Tim Ream is involved. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna like throw any sort of fit about that. He's a good player and does some things very well. He's also a limited player, and I think I just chose to lean a little bit further towards the mobility side of things rather than the the passing side. And maybe CCV can check both of those boxes. That's kind of what I'm hoping, but I guess we'll find out. Joe, who would make you burn the house down? Who is the player that you <laughs> would actually be annoyed by if they were called into the squad? Is there one, or is it just sort uh, of mild annoyance with a few names? I, I wouldn't be thrilled to see Mark McKenzie, just because I, I really yeah. think he struggled in Belgium this year, and I don't think he was mm -hmm. good at all for the U.S. in qualifying. And I don't think he is a guy for 2022. He might be a guy for down the road when things get settled a bit more and he's getting regular minutes and he is improving, but he's young, and I, I don't think he's ready for this right now. 
And the other name that I think people might have expected to be on this list, but also maybe won't be surprised that he isn't, is John Brooks. We made some jokes about him. And uh, as we've talked about previously, just to summarize quickly, has not been uh, part of the team for a good long while. Berhalter mentioned that after qualification, that's when we might see John Brooks brought back in to see how he's adjusting. But it also feels like if we're treating this as a slight experimentation, but mostly preparing for the World Cup, we I don't think none of us are going to be fully surprised if John Brooks is left out. If It sounds like, if anything, we'll be very surprised if Brooks is included. Yeah, yeah, I, I will be surprised if, if that second thing happens. It doesn't seem like he's going to be involved with the U.S. team. I think he should, but clearly Peralter doesn't. I so think I'm the, last, the, the last window was very telling. I can't remember what injuries it was. Chris Richards was out. There was another injury as, as yeah. well, wasn't there? And he still wasn't called into that roster. And that, to me, just said he's, he's not getting a call up under Berhalter ever again possibly it might just be one of those things where he's he's just not a player for Berhalter and and do you know what that's that's kind of fine by me because clearly it's a it's a decision that's been made on non-footballing reasons and those those things matter in a squad when you're building a team particularly ahead of a major tournament and those are things that I feel like I can't really pass judgment on Berhalter's going to know a lot more about that group than I do so fine that is that's okay with me uh graham which fullbacks are okay with you since we've talked out our center backs we don't need to vote yet because we're going to vote on the defenders as a group uh but the only disparity so far would just be that joe had richards and graham didn't and i might even extend that to we'll just take 10 defenders since both of you are okay with richards being there just the injury could be the only compounding issue but before we settle all that graham who are your fullbacks okay so no surprise that jedi robinson gets into my squad first choice left back that's been confirmed for quite some time now I'm also going to bring uh, Reggie Cannon. He's actually, he started 20 games in the Portuguese Premier League for Boavista this season. He's actually had some difficult times. I went back and watched some game tape and there there are some poor performances in there. He's not been in the best, uh, the best of form. It has been a challenge for him, but I actually don't think that's a bad thing for someone who is 23 and needs to be reaching maturity soon because you hope that those experiences kind of harden him a little bit and what I like about Cannon is the option he gives you to play in a back three mm-hmm. because he's comfortable as a right-sided center back in a back three and I know Berhalter hasn't shown much inclination certainly recently to make that tactical change but nonetheless it would be good to have that in the locker at a World Cup where as I keep saying all sorts of scenarios can arise so I like having that option in, in Reggie Cannon I think I'm going to bring along Joe Scally for this roster. I think it's a valid point that Scally might have been integrated into this roster fully by this point. Berhalter clearly didn't want to do it during World Cup qualifying when the pressure was on, and I can understand that point of view. So if that is the case, that he didn't want to do it when the pressure was on, then this is the opportunity to, to bring him in without that pressure. His versatility, versatility sorry, on both sides is, is, is pretty useful. I think that gives him the, the edge over some other options. And... While he hasn't been first choice at Gladbach for a while, so I'm not quite ready to get fully on the hype train that a lot of people Mm. on Twitter seem to be. But if you ignore that, you're still talking about a 19-year-old that's getting regular game time for a Bundesliga club, a big Bundesliga club where there's a lot of expectation. So I I think this is maybe the right time to to bring him in. My other fullbacks are uh, DeAndre Yedlin. He's my other veteran in this roster. I think he did a good job in the last window coming in at, at right back. And I think a couple more solid performances from him and Yedlin probably secures that first choice replacement spot at right back. If he doesn't already have that, I like the experience that he brings. Um, safe pair of hands at, in that position. And if I've got Scali as the depth option at right back, I figure 
that George Bellow might be the best depth option at, at left back. There's really not much between Bellow and Vines for this spot in the squad for me. But I don't know. I, I think Bellow gets into the box maybe a little bit more frequently. He gets forward more quickly. Um, he's in the 98th percentile for carries into the penalty area. So I, I think maybe he's he's possibly a, a better fit for Baralter's team over over Sam Vines. I'd also consider, he didn't make my, my roster, but I'd, I'd also maybe consider uh, the Juan Jones for that left yeah. back spot as well. Yeah. I think his stats for the Revs have been pretty solid. So I am... I am open to that. I could be swayed, but I I stayed away from Jones just because I am erring on the side of caution five months five months out from a World Cup, and maybe he's one for the next cycle. And uh, I should have done the housekeeping at the beginning of this one. No Serginho Dest on your list. I'm assuming that's Correct. injury related. Yes. Or, well, it's definitely not because he's not good enough <laughs> to get in the roster. <laughs> yes, injury related. That's great. All right. So uh, Graham has Jedi, Cannon, Scally, Yedlin, and Bello. Uh, Joe, what about you for your fullbacks? So I'll do five here, even though I did five center backs as well, because Taylor, you just gave me the free pass to do 10 defenders total. So I've got no Dest, of course, DeAndre Yedlin and Reggie Cannon as my two right backs. And then I have Jedi Robinson and Dewan Jones as my two left backs. And then to add a fifth in here, I didn't do that before. I will add Joe Scally. He's not playing a ton for Gladback, but he is playing. He hasn't looked great, but I do think this is a decent chance to get him uh, some looks and, and to get him in camp and all that good stuff. So I think that that makes sense. And my Dewan Jones argument is basically I'm just not sold on George Bello, who is really struggling in, in Germany right mm-hmm. now. He hasn't been playing very well or he, he wasn't playing very well in their season for Bielefeld. And Sam Vines has been fine for Antwerp, but I feel like this is an opportunity to to just experiment a tiny bit. Not I don't think bringing a, back, a different backup left back is a major experiment that really hurts the team ahead of the World Cup. Dewan Jones has already been in camp with the U.S. back uh, around the new year. I think he is, he's a different player. He's right-footed, but he still really gets forward on that left side for Bruce Arena. It, it's someone who can very much provide width on that side, but bring something a little bit different. And at this point, I think trying something a little bit different to give Jedi Robinson a break now and then isn't the worst thing. Joe, does that right-footedness, if that's a word, right-footedness? Anyway, yeah. I've just coined it. Like is, it. That, is that right-footedness... <laughs> A, a prob does it change the profile of the USMNT on that left side if he if we if we do have a right footer on that side do you know what I mean because Anthony yeah. Robinson is is he is he's a key part of this team and a big part of his game is about getting wide and getting deliveries in Dejuan Jones's game is a little bit different to that because yeah. he is right footed so does that change the team it, it changes some things right the service you're going to get from that side will be different with a right footer instead of a left footer. But Dewan Jones still does basically the job that Jedi does for the U.S., but he does it with the Revs on that left side. He gets forward early and often. He's a really active player off the ball. He's quick. He's aggressive. He's a very similar player to Jedi Robinson. Just there'll be slight tweaks in the attack. Not a ton of positioning tweaks, I don't think. But you will get some different looks. And I guess that intrigues me, right? Peralta's already tried Dest on that side coming in on his right Dewan sure. Jones isn't really a threat to drive into midfield like Dest is, and he's not going to sauce you up like Dest will. But he, he can provide some different dimensions. I think that's interesting, especially because I don't think Bellow or Vines really give you much of anything right now. Yep, uh, I, I would agree because I had that exact same list of fullbacks as Joe. Uh, and I really like Dewan Jones being included. Uh, I will say I haven't watched a ton of Dewan Jones aside from what I saw from the playoffs last season and I think one game this season. What I'm sold on is because Brian Charetta uh, wrote an article about players that we could see included. I really like Brian and I think he has very 
like veteran, uh, a very veteran approach to writing about the USMNT, which is sort of unemotional and more like, yeah, this guy would fit. He would allow them to do this. So I could see him being involved. And his argument was basically that if you're looking for somebody who could, like, let's say Jedi strains a hamstring and has to come out of a game, if you want to keep the game plan, Dewan Jones is evidently the most like for like in terms of what he's going to bring into the team. And he's also somebody who's been with the US in camp already, had a, a good camp by all, all accounts, especially the most important one being from Greg Berhalter. So I think we might see him in this one, and I would be okay with that. I hope we see Jedi, because he's quickly becoming one of my favorite defenders on the team. Uh, it feels sad that now we can call him Robinson, because there's only going to be one Robinson in the squad instead of two in defense. Sigh. Poor Miles. Poor Miles, who I think had his surgery this week, so we would expect him to be back at some point, but probably miss this World Cup, slash definitely miss this World Cup. Um, for my right-sided defenders... I initially had Dest, but I think due to injuries and maybe just the way the season has gone, there might be a little bit of a break for him. So I also had uh, Cannon and Yedlin. Reggie Cannon, I would really like to see called in for the versatility that uh, Graham mentioned. But I also think sometimes we see players brought back in to help maybe just get them a little bit more in the shop window. And it's been fine for Boavista. They were comfortably mid-table this season, as opposed to relegation threatened the way they were last year. But I wouldn't mind a move for Reggie Cannon. And I think another USMNT call-up probably helps with that. Yedlin brings the uh, the veteran know-how. And then Joe Scally, I, it's a good reward for the season he's had. A bad season for Borussia Mönchengladbach on the whole, but a good season for a teenager. And with a new manager coming in for Gladbach... I think he's put himself in about as good of a position as he can in that he's shown he can be a regular contributor. He's shown he can hang with that team. And there's at least a little bit of a a resume builder there for the new manager to come in and take a look at. And I think giving him a call up as well rewards that season. And if we do expand it to 10 players, see now I'm glad I didn't expand the goalkeeper spot already, that it seems like we have no conflict in our list aside from both of you refusing to acknowledge the greatness that is Tim Ream. <laughs> well, the the only other one right was Dwan Jones versus George Bellow. Is that right? Although, although Taylor, oh, did you're your, correct. your but pick you're those weighed us, baby. One, one, yeah. uh, one Dwan Jones, please. You won this one, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh so oh, yeah, yeah okay maybe. all right uh so let's keep it rolling then let's go to midfield i think we had six positions for this one uh joe why don't you get us started okay so you you have one of my experiments in here that's not going to happen but i want it to happen i'll get to that in just all a right. second all right all tyler right. adams is one of my number sixes i have two he's a no-brainer getting him reps with some of the other guys i think makes a ton of sense obviously you want to manage his minutes because he is extremely injury-prone, but I think you want him involved in this camp for a number of different reasons. Kellen Acosta is my other number six. He's not playing all that well for LAFC right now. LAFC are a great team. Acosta's just been fine, but he's a Berhalter guy, and I didn't really feel like walk, uh, rocking the boat too much here. And he's also been, I think, solid for the U.S., so I don't have too many issues with that. My midfielders, I have Yunus Musa, I have Luca De La Torre, I have Weston McKenney. Who's a maybe? He's Ooh. a big maybe. So if there's no Weston McKenney, I want to see the two next people I, I mention. If we do see Weston McKenney, then I, I mean, don't want to see Paxton Pomichol, who is one of my two yeah. I don't think are going to happen. He, he actually could, but I want to see Paxton Pomichol if Weston McKenney is not there. And either way, if McKenney is there or not, I want to see Keaton Parks. And I wrote about this for, mm-hmm. for Backheeled last week. But he is so good at progressing play with his passing and with his dribbling. He moves really, really well off the ball and is just generally a a quality offensive presence. He's a quality possession player. I don't think the U.S. has someone 
really quite like him. De La Torre maybe is the most similar, but they're not exactly the same profile. Parks is a little smoother, and he, he slows the game down a little bit. Not because he's actually slowing it down, but he's so smooth on the ball. He has that Darlington-Nagby trait where he, he's moving at a normal speed, but it looks like he's moving at 0.5 speed and slowing everything down around him. The issue with Parks is he's just never gotten a look under Greg Berhalter. He didn't get a look back uh, in 2019 when the, the tactics were different, and it might have actually fit him a little bit more. Now, after we've changed the, the midfield shape and it's more of a 4-3-3 defensively, uh, I should say the, the defensive shape, not the midfield shape. It's more of a 4-3-3 instead of that softer 4-4-2 mid-block. Parks doesn't do as much of that running. He's, he's good at making reads in tight spaces. He can get in and get a leg in in the counter press, but he's not Weston McKinney or, or even Paxton Pomichol or De La Torre or Musa or Adams or, or, or even Acosta, who's not that athletic. But, but Parks isn't on that level of straight line speed. And I think that really hurts him here. I don't think personally that that's a great reason to leave him off. I think it would be nice to have a change of pace in central midfield. And I think Parks is that guy, but I don't anticipate that's going to happen. Either way, I'm going with McKenney, assuming he's fit, Musa, De La Torre, and Parks. And if McKenney's not fit, then I want Pomacol in there. Interesting. So I had Paxton Pomacol as your midfielder number one before you even mentioned him <laughs> on your list. So you're right. saying he's your alternate for McKenney. You have Parks in there no matter what? Yeah, just just for the heck of it, right? I would be thrilled to see Paxton Pomichol involved, and I think I think there is a chance that he will be. I think he's done some good things for Dallas this season, and certainly in the past, and he's been under uh, been been in camps under Baralter before, back I think in 2019. So there's some familiarity there. I'd love to see Paxton Pomichol involved, but Parks, especially with how NYCFC are playing right now and how good they were last season, he's he's a, a really interesting choice for me. All right, so those are Joe's six slash seven midfielders. We're going to hear Graham's, then we're going to have a little bit of a debate. Maybe I'll settle that debate with mine, although I think there's going to be overlap, as there has been already. But first, we're going to take one more break to hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. We are back. Graham, we have Joe's midfielders. I'm going to run through a couple names, and you can just say yes or no. Tyler Adams on your list? Yes. Uh, is Eunice Musa on your list? Yes, he is also on my list. Is Kellen Acosta on your list? Also on my list. All right. And is Weston McKinney? He is not on my list. All right, all right. So that's where we start to have a little bit of disagreement. So who would be your three remaining midfielders then? So I have uh, Luca Della Torre. So there's an agreement mm-hmm. there with Joe. I, I've really liked what I've, I've seen from Della Torre for the USMNT. I think you, Berhalter has a good understanding of what sort of player he is. I like Della Torre as a ball ca- carrier. He seems to have good chemistry with the rest of the rest of the dressing room as well. Maybe I'm reading too much into body language, but the way that Della Torre acted as... Kristen Pulisic's uh, bodyguard before he <laughs> yeah. took that penalty against Panama. 
he has other players' backs. And um, maybe, as I say, maybe I'm reading too much into that. But it's, it feels like he's been embraced by that that dressing room. And I'd like to see De Torre add a bit more goal threat to his game because he ends up in some dangerous positions. But nonetheless, he's good for creating overloads and opening up space. So he he makes my roster. This is where I get a little bit experimental. So I'm going to go with another one I'm in, in agreement with in, with uh, Joe first. I've, I've got Pomacol in there as well, just to keep Joe happy. I knew that would keep him happy. You, the third Thank one is uh, Jordi Mihalovic. And this is where I would like to experiment with something a little bit different because I think Mihalovic is a really interesting player. He's more of an outright attacker than Wes McKenney, but I do think he's an option to to fill that position as a, as a depth option. Let's just say, and I hope this doesn't happen, let's just say McKenney's not available for the World Cup. He's going to be back, we assume, pretty soon, but he is quite injury prone. So let's just say he's unavailable or, or he's suspended. Let's say that's the scenario. I think Mihalovic is an interesting option to come in there. He offers a lot of drive, creativity, goal threat. And um, those are a lot of things that go out the team when McKenney is missing. He's got six goals, three assists and 11 MLS games this season. He can play at left wing. So he's got versatility. He can play behind a central striker or the or as the, the furthest forward in a midfield three. And I like him as an option. And of all the players that I have picked, all the experimentation options in this roster, he's the one for me that I would really like to take a close look at with a view to potentially having him, him in Qatar. So that is my midfield roster. Joe, did you have Mihailovic included in your roster at all? I, I do. So, Graham, this yeah, is the difference. I, I still have Georgie in here. <laughs> yeah. I just have him as one of the wingers. Though. Yeah, and, and sure. there's not really a specific reason for that. I mean, he's playing more of a left winger role than he is playing a left-sided eight role for Montreal, but he does some of those things for, for Wilfred Nancy in every single game. He does both of those things in every game. So I just have him listed as a winger, which let me bring one more potential eight option. I don't know if Baralter sees Georgie as an eight or a left winger. I don't know if he, he sees him involved in this camp at all, but I would love to see Georgie, and I, I have him in here for all the same reasons that you do. I just have him in a different group. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. I get that. And that was one of my dilemmas was do I put him down as a midfielder or as an attacker? Either yeah. way, whether Berhalter sees him as part of that midfield three or as a left winger, I still want to give him a give him a road test in this roster. So the tiebreaker is going to be a little bit confusing because I had six midfielders. I did not have Weston McKinney on mine mostly because of injury concerns. And I would say that if he is back to mostly full fitness, I think it's worth bringing him in to yeah. potentially get that, that full midfield together and get more reps and just get the players around each other. So maybe that's one where he's like the alternate if he's fit. But I had Alan Sonora, and I don't know if that's Ooh. a good choice or not because... It's an uh, interesting he's, choice. He's a 23-year-old, yeah, left-footed, central attacking midfielder for Independiente. He spoke with Berhalter in January, so he's at least on the radar. But maybe if we are going for a more kind of established team with a little bit of experimentation, I don't know if he fits that because this is where I, I would ask you all for your thoughts on a central attacking midfielder. Where would that fit with Burhalter? Because if you're trying to just experiment with different midfielders and maybe you want to give one new face 15 minutes to see how they do and also just all of camp to see how they do, that's one thing. But if it requires a little bit of adjustment for the team to fit in a player, that's where maybe that's a bridge too far. So would bringing in a more out-and-out central creative number 10 be a problem for this team? Joe or Graham, whomever wants to tackle that one. I, yeah. I don't. I personally don't think it's a it's a problem because I think those little adjustments are what Berhalter should be doing this far out mm. from a World Cup. Where I keep coming back to it. Sorry to repeat myself, but scenarios that can arise during a yep. World Cup, maybe you do need to go to 
a 4-2-3-1 at some point in a game. And yes, I know Berhalter hasn't really shown an inclination to do that, certainly not recently, but that sort of thing can happen and you want an option in your squad who can make that happen and make that system work. So yeah, I, I very much like bringing in someone who can play as that, a more orthodox central attacking midfielder playmaker, which Sonora certainly is. So I'm I'm open to that. Yeah, same. I'm open to it. I haven't seen a lot of him down in Argentina, mm-hmm. so I don't know a ton about his game, but I would be fine with someone like that. Uh, obviously, wasn't on my initial list, but yeah, yep. it's, it's fine by me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with, with him being uh, maybe like I, one of those players that's brought in and they're in camp, but maybe they're not necessarily like in the squad and we see how he fits. Maybe he doesn't get any minutes, but maybe he doesn't get called up at all. The problem we are going to have, though, as I see it, is we all have Adams. We all have Acosta. We all have Musa. We all have De La Torre. We all have McKenney if he's fit. Uh, but then, Joe, you had Pomacall as your like alternate, and I think Graham had him in his team. Graham also had Georgie. I had Georgie as a wide attacker. So it seems like there's consensus for four to five of those midfielders, and then we run into an error. Yeah. So what if <laughs> what if we what if we bully Graham into letting us put Georgie as a winger, right? And so okay. that opens Fine. up a, a slot for someone else and and what if we go McKenney is an alternate so he's not technically on the squad but of course if he's fit we'd like to see him in so we have Adams and Acosta we have McKenney and Musa and De La Torre and we have Pomichol can we all agree on Pomichol yay or yeah. nay say say yay yay Graham yes okay yes then the question then the question that's is six, oh yeah then. that's right then then are we but that's with McKenney as an alternate so then we have to decide mm-hmm. do we want to just name him or do we want to go for Parks or Sonora Mm. Uh, the cur- <laughs> curiosity in me wants to go for Parks or Sonora, but I don't know. Let's Taylor for simplicity's sake. Should we just say McKenny's in on the roster? Yeah, and we can I have Parks and Sonora as honorable <laughs> mentions. I think that'll make I our like brains run easier. Quite, yeah, we'll, we'll put a question mark there. So yeah, basically <laughs> it came down to Mihailovic, Parks, and Sonora, but Georgie we're putting elsewhere. So yeah, I think I'm good with that sort of midfield six. And we'll see uh, maybe if we get one more experimental name in there. Let's go to our attackers. Uh, Graham, do you feel like starting us off here? Sure. So right off the bat, we have a player who Berhalter has already said will mm-hmm. be getting a look in this camp. And that is Hadji Wright. Yeah. And with good reason. Wright has scored in seven straight games for Antalyaspor. He's one of the top scorers in the Turkish Super League. And at this point, with the number nine pool, uh, <laughs> if you're scoring goals, you're getting a look in a camp or you deserve a, a look in a camp. So that's why he's in here. I like his hold up play as well. I've mentioned before about right, a word I keep using is intent. I like how he drives into the box. I like his, uh, his, his finishing has been sharp recently. I think all that's missing is that extra yard of pace to help him get away from, get away from defenders. But nonetheless, as I say, the way the USMT number nine pool is right now, he deserves a chance. Another one I've gone for, I'm going to name the number nines first, I think, which is maybe a slightly backwards way to do it. But I had, I like to, mention, had, I had to mention Hadji Wright first because obviously Berhalter has said he's coming along. So another number nine, Jesus Ferreira. If the World Cup was to start tomorrow, I think Ferreira would be my first choice to start at number nine for reasons we have discussed a number of times on the podcast. His, mod, his movement is good. He brings the best out of others around him. He creates space. I think there's also potential for him to become a good goal scorer as well he seems to take up some good good positions um and i also think ferreira could use he could still use some more game time and some more reps in this role for the usmnt because he's not been in the picture for so long really just for for 2022 so i'm bringing him along i'm bringing jordan peafock along as well 
I don't think you can really ignore a striker. I know he's not played that well for the US, but I don't think you can really ignore a striker who has scored 22 goals in 32 Swiss league games this season. He's scored twice in the Champions League proper and three times in Champions League qualifying as well. So he has had a very good season at club level. And as I've said before, it, it kind of feels like we've not seen the best of him and I want I want Berhalter to give him another another chance to kind of prove himself. And in terms of, I'm just looking through my roster, I have one more number nine and that is Brandon Vasquez and I think Vasquez deserves to be rewarded for an excellent start to the season six goals two assists in 11 MLS games he's a good mover in the box he's he's a, a decent target man and um, thanks to his, his kind of size and physicality but he's got good speed good technical ability he can hold the ball up well with his back to goal others can play off him and yeah he'd be one of my experimentation options in this roster so those are your nines, Haji Wright, uh, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Peefock, and Brandon Vasquez. What was the Burhalter quote specifically about like an uncapped player? Was it an uncapped player who has no like previous call-ups with any U.S. team, or was it no senior call-ups at any level? Does anyone remember that one? In, in, what, in what respect, Taylor, in terms of the, the two players that were getting called up for the squad? What yeah, did, did he, he had, there was a quote during the rounds maybe a week or two ago about like players that might be included. And the one that kicked off all of the Malik Tillman, uh, Faloran Balagan ah, right, rumors yeah, sure. was him saying that there is one like dual national who's never been called up who they are taking a look at or who might be included. And I asked because that could be cheeky. It could be Brandon Vasquez, who has not played for the U.S. at senior level, but is a dual national and has had a strong start to the season and is, I think he said it was an attacker. So maybe that could be the the great misdirect because I think the consensus has been that it's Malik Tillman, but maybe it's Brandon Vasquez. And I would have no problem with that because I had Brandon Vasquez on my list. Joe, was he one of your number nines? He is. I only have three. And Taylor, I went back okay. to read that Stephen Goff article in the Washington yeah. Post. And Goff doesn't quote Baralter, but he, he just says basically Baralter said, yeah, we're looking to bring in a, a dual national. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think he specifies a position, but it just said who's yet to play at the senior level. So there that could totally, be Brandon, uh, could totally be Brandon Vasquez. I did not think about that. That's a really good point. It could also be Malik Tillman, which I would not be opposed to, but he's not in my squad, Malik Tillman. Brandon Vasquez is, he's got uh, six goals for Cincinnati, a really fun and rejuvenated Cincinnati team in Major League Soccer. So I've got him on this list. I have Haji Wright and Jesus Ferreira. I would like at least a couple games out of Jesus Ferreira. Ideally, you know, maybe one is that away El Salvador game in Nations League to get him a different environment because I believe either only played in home games in World Cup qualifying or mostly played in home games during World Cup qualifying. So I'd be interested to see him on the road, and I'd also like to see him get a start maybe against Morocco in the first game of the window, something against a really high-quality opponent, even though those friendly games will be weird. Ferreira is is leading the MLS Golden Boot Race right now with nine goals. He's playing very, very well. I want to see him get more reps because I do think there is a – a chance, maybe not a big chance, but a chance that he turns out to be a very good number nine for the U.S. And in right now, I think he's in pole position to start at the World Cup. So I've got those three names, Ferreira, Haji Wright, and Brandon Vasquez. No PFOC for you? No PFOC for me. I wasn't a huge fan of bringing in four number nines. I would be fine to do that. Um, and, and Graham, I think we bought you an extra winger spot, if I remember correctly. So I think you've you've got 
shoot four and four because Georgia counts as both. I'm I don't know where we are right now, but I, I prefer no, three nines over four. All right, I got you. I got you here. <laughs> so initially we had three goalkeepers, nine defenders, six midfielders, eight attackers. We've already changed it to three goalkeepers, ten defenders. We kept it at six midfielders, but since Joe, we moved Georgia over, we'll make it nine total attackers. That's what <laughs> okay. We'll do. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. Either way, either way, okay. I'm taking three nines. I think there's a ton of depth in the winger area right now, even without Gio Reyna. Can I go ahead and, and name my wingers, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got Christian Pulisic. Again, no Gio Reyna. So he's out injured with Dortmund right now. Doesn't sound like he'll be involved. So I have Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Brendan Aronson, who's back from any injury that he had last month, Paul Ariola, Georgi Mihailovic, who we already talked about, and I'll add Jordan Morris to that list as well. He hasn't played a ton for Seattle, but he's played in some big games, and his underlying numbers are great in limited minutes. He's just a, a good, very good MLS player who we know can contribute in certain ways with the national team. So Pulisic, Weah, Aronson, Areola, Georgie, and Jordan Morris are my six wingers. All right. And Graham, since we forced Mihailovic on you, you still have <laughs> four winger spots to fill out. So actually, Mihailovic, I picked three wingers in the in the knowledge that Mihailovic would oh, act as a fourth. I see, I see. Ah, as well. okay. so that's, that's what I did there. So I've, I've only got three, and I don't think there's any disagreement. I've got Pulisic. Oh no, sorry, I, I do have do I have four? I'm lost, guys. How many? <laughs> what day is it? I think you have four. I think you should have four. Yeah, I yeah. think I've got four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have four. So a fifth one was Mahalovic. Yeah. Low-key. I think you should have five, because we said nine forwards, and you have four number nines, which leaves five wingers, not Hold including... You know, he, so he had... I got this. So he had four <laughs> forwards, he had four uh, wingers, but then we've added Mahalovic, yeah, so that's we forced right. him to include oh, that, so he should okay. still have four wingers. Four unnamed. Th- yeah. Yeah, I think we're basically in agreement with our yeah. attackers because I've I've counted Mihalovic <laughs> as an option as an attacker. Yeah. So basically, let's just cut to the chase. I've got Pulisic, I've got Weah, I've got Brendan Aronson, and I've got Paul Ariola. I didn't go for Jordan Morris. I went for Ariola over him. That was the choice for me. I just I I like what Ariola offers on the defensive side of the ball. His work rate is impressive, and I think. You could have Jordan Morris in there, but I think in terms of how he stretches the pitch and how pace is a bit of a weapon for him, I, I see a lot of overlap between him and, and Tim Weah, not in terms of yeah. quality. I think Weah's a much better player, but in terms of the profile of the player. So Ariola for me, was just a little bit of variety. And if you're in a scenario where you want someone to do a lot more on the defensive side of the ball on that right side, then I'm putting in Ariola. And Graham, did you I'll mean... Just- I'll just bow oh, out sorry. now and give you PFOC over Morris. I'll, I'll, I'll change my roster because I, I think we kind of already know what Jordan Morris does. I do think there's a good chance he's involved over someone like PFOC or Brendan Vasquez. But for the sake of the TSS Grand June roster of 2022, <laughs> I think bringing an extra nine just to see what happens is, is maybe a more interesting exercise than bringing Jordan Morris into this game. And where does Christian Ramirez fit in your roster, Graham? <laughs> He is uh, one of the alternates. He's getting a call if someone ends up with a, with an injury. I mean, he's already in the States. He fled Scotland yeah. before the end of the Scottish season. Yeah, he did. Along with Chris Muller. <laughs> yeah, and I had, uh, I think I had the the same, basically the same attack as everybody, except I did not have PFOC on mine when it was only eight attackers. I did have Georgie in mine. Uh, now that we're expanding it to nine, I will add PFOC as well. So I basically have the exact same one as Graham. So I think we've got consensus there. Uh, apologies to Jordan Morris. He will just have to content himself with the CONCACAF Champions League winner's medal that he now owns. Uh, so there we go. I think that puts us at 28 total players on the roster, which feels possible, especially given yeah. a long season, especially given some of the injuries and some of the unknowns. And I think this also gives us a strong kind of core group 
that can get the reps that maybe we want to see with a little bit of experimentation in there and then some new faces that bring further experimentation if that's what's needed and also just get the opportunity in camp to show that they belong, to show that they can challenge for a spot or challenge for an alternate spot or whatever it may be. So I, I, I like this squad overall. Any other additional notes on this one, gentlemen? I'll just make one point. I think we ended up in a good place, Taylor, just to continue where you left off there mm-hmm. with experimentation. I think we ended up with basically one wild card, and, and wild card's even too strong, but one player that hasn't been involved a whole lot in each position yeah. group. So, so we went with Steph Fry in goal, and that's that's fine. I'm not. I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we went, we went with Dewan Jones, right, as as a wild card defender, yeah. right. All the center yeah. backs make sense. The rest of the full backs make sense. Maybe Joe Scally is is in that group as well. But Dewan Jones, I think, is a little bit more of a wild card. And then in midfield, we added Paxton Pomichol, who hasn't been involved at all for the U.S. in World Cup qualifying, certainly wasn't this past time around. And then up front, we have a couple of different options, I guess, as those nines who are a little bit different. The wingers all make sense, but Haji Wright and Brandon Vasquez. So we have between one and two players that are a little bit outside of the box and who weren't involved in World Cup qualifying in each position group. And I think that's a good balance to strike ahead of the World Cup, right? Less than 200 days away one of the most important priorities should be to get the guys, the first choice guys on the field for a couple of games together to get them reps. You only have six total games left before the World Cup, so you have to take advantage of this opportunity to do that kind of stuff. But also, as we've seen with Miles Robinson and Sergio Dest and Weston McKenney and Chris Richards and everybody else that's been injured, Brendan Aronson for a little bit, it's important to get reps to other players. And Graham, mm-hmm. you've done a good job of making that point all the way through. It needs to be measured and thoughtful, and, and Baralter is both of those things. In, in the decisions he makes, I think it's important to map out who's going to play when and how many minutes and, and all of those things will change a little bit, of course, based on how players do in camp. But I, I don't think we're that far off from what Baralter will do. And I think we're in a pretty good spot as far as new, interesting players that could fill holes in the roster and also getting those established guys, the healthy ones at least, on the field and putting them in a position to be able to play together in June. I also think, uh, to continue it, Joe, that if you took this team, which I said is 28 and I said, like, actually, we need to get to 23. And, and then we need to swap out some players for, let's say, like, when Dest is back. We would assume Dest is going to be in that squad. I, I do feel like with relative ease, we could trim this team down to yeah. 23 players with those first teamers added back in. And we do have some variety there because we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Sargent to start next season, or Matthew Hoppy, or maybe Sebastian Soto returns from the wilderness, or Ricardo Pepe catches form again. Uh, but I think with the Pepe's form and then lack of form in mind, I think both of you were also, I, I agree with both of you, but I think you're both pretty wise, to include Haji Wright, but emphasize the importance of Jesus Ferreira. Because Haji Wright has scored, I think, 9-9, nine and nine, and I think he scored in each of his last seven games. But this past weekend, for example, he gets one because I think the goalkeeper just drops the ball onto his foot and he's sure. there to tap it in. It's a goal and you got to be there to take your chances. But at the same time, he has had some good goals from distance. He does have variety to his attack, to his attack. But this feels very much like another Daryl DK, yep. uh, Ricardo Pepe, the, yep. the sort of moments when the player catches fire and everybody's really excited about them and puts a ton of pressure on them. And then they come in and look like a striker who's a good striker in the Turkish Super League or a striker who's yeah. the golden boot or the golden boot winner in the Swiss League but we don't still don't quite know what their proven qualities will be. So I think it's good to get a little bit of experimentation but I echo the idea that I would like to see uh, Jesus Ferreira, not Ricardo Ferreira, Jesus Ferreira starting uh, multiple games in this next window. 
Yeah, let's not get too distracted by whatever latest shiny thing there is in whatever <laughs> league. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of yeah. that. Just because of the way the pool is, the number nine pool is at the yeah. moment. As soon as someone scores in consecutive games, I think, oh, maybe he should get a shot. But actually, I think Jesus Freire is probably the best bet at the moment. And as I say, he's not actually played all that much for the USMNT. So he should maybe be the priority to get him more reps and more game time in this window. Graham, the only shiny thing I'm distracted by is you, baby. The new US number nine. <laughs> come on now. Yeah. That's what we should have been talking about this whole time, not Jesus Ferreira. Ugh, come on. The first time ever that anyone has described me as shiny, I am decidedly <laughs> dull. <laughs> oh. You know what, Graham? That's the that's the oh. humble, uh, like come from nothing but found a way to greatness story that we need to be the leading number nine for the <laughs> United States. The so American dream. There we go, there we go. The American Scottish dream. Graham comes to the United States on vacation, oh, ends yeah. up playing for the U.S., and now we've come full circle to uh, Shiny being the best song on the Moana no, soundtrack. Joe, that, you no cannot believe that. You. you cannot believe that. Honestly. <laughs> we, we are, you're being outvoted on that one, Joe. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, All right. That one it is, is hard consensus, total soccer show opinion. Just writing <laughs> oh. that down real quick. Uh, Joe, Joe Lowry, uh, thank you so much for letting us gang up on you there at the end, but also for taking the time to assemble a roster. <laughs> it is as powerful as the Avengers when they assemble, I think. Absolutely, Taylor. You got it. Uh, Graham Ruthven, thank you as well for tolerating my multiple Marvel references in this one. <laughs> That's no good. Uh, but I appreciate your taking the time, and I look forward to hearing about your vacation. I hope it's a wonderful time. Thank you, Taylor. I'll I'll try to enjoy myself. And yes, I know all the Marvel. I know all those references and definitely uh, I'm not scrambling in Google trying to find out <laughs> what the Avengers, Avengers are. are. Just, yeah, you, just should, kidding, you should know what the Avengers, the Avengers are. are. <laughs> yeah. Graham, what is the, the, is there one piece of American food or cuisine that you're most excited for or food that is served in the United States that you're most excited for since American cuisine is a... A pancakes. Bit of maybe an inconsistent term. Pancakes. All right. All yeah, right. American Americans just do pancakes a lot better yeah. than they do in the UK. We don't know how to do pancakes. It's that buttermilk and Mexican food. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. That's kind of what I meant. What I meant when I clarified away from American <laughs> cuisine into yes, American Mexican. Uh, I'm with you on it's that like one. Talladega, uh, Talladega Nights. Is that not yeah. seen in Talladega Nights? <laughs> yes. Yes. America yeah. has the best cuisine. Jimmy Chongas. <laughs> Mexico pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. Italy. Italy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I hope you have a, a nice crepe Suzette, uh, uh, Graham, as well. Uh, Joe, I'm sure these references are, are doing great for you. Oh, yeah. No, I, I got it all. I'm right, I'm right there with you guys. <laughs> Listeners, hopefully you've enjoyed the rambling, meandering end to this one and all of the content that came before it. Uh, but w for now, we've got listener questions coming up later in the week. We've got an interview with Manuel Vaith about the conclusion of the Bundesliga season. And we've got Allocation Disorder. Uh, much, much more content to come on the Total Soccer Show. But for now, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 